Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about rheumatic fever. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash rheumatic fever or in the rheumatology section of the Zero to Finals paediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Acute rheumatic fever is an autoimmune condition triggered by streptococcus bacteria. It's caused by antibodies created against the streptococcus bacteria that also target tissues in the body. Rheumatic fever is a multi-system disorder that affects the joints, heart, skin and nervous system. Rheumatic fever is rare in the UK due to early treatment of streptococcus infections with antibiotics. Let's talk about the pathophysiology. Rheumatic fever is caused by group A beta-hemolytic streptococci bacteria, typically streptococcus pyogenes, which causes tonsillitis. The immune system creates antibodies against these bacteria to fight the infection. These antibodies not only target the bacteria, but they also match antigens on the cells of the person's body, for example the muscle cells in the myocardium of the heart. This results in a type 2 hypersensitivity reaction, where the immune system begins attacking cells throughout the body. This process is usually delayed 2 to 4 weeks after the initial infection. So how does it present? The typical presentation of rheumatic fever occurs 2 to 4 weeks following a streptococcal infection such as tonsillitis. Symptoms affect multiple systems including fever, joint pain, rash, shortness of breath, chorea and nodules. Let's talk in more detail about the joint involvement. Rheumatic fever causes a migratory arthritis affecting the large joints. It causes hot, swollen and painful joints. It's described as migratory because different joints become inflamed and improve at different times, giving the appearance that the arthritis is moving from one joint to the next. Let's talk about the heart involvement. Carditis refers to inflammation throughout the heart and this involves pericarditis, myocarditis and endocarditis. And this leads to tachycardia or fast heart rate or bradycardia with a slow heart rate, murmurs due to valvular heart disease, typically mitral valve disease, a pericardial rub on auscultation due to the pericarditis and heart failure. Next let's talk about the skin involvement. There are two key skin findings with rheumatic fever and these are subcutaneous nodules and erythema marginatum, which is a specific type of rash. Firm, painless nodules occur over extensor surfaces of the joints, such as the elbows. The erythema marginatum rash involves pink rings of varying sizes affecting the torso and proximal limbs. Finally, the nervous system involvement. Chorea is a key nervous system symptom. This involves irregular, uncontrolled and rapid movements of the limbs. This is also known as Sydenham chorea and was historically called St Vitus's dance. Let's talk about the assessment. Investigations can help support the diagnosis and these include a throat swab 
for a bacterial culture to try and grow the Streptococcus bacteria. ASO antibody titers, which we'll talk more about shortly. And an echocardiogram, ECG and chest x-ray can assess the heart involvement. The diagnosis of rheumatic fever is made using the Jones criteria, which we'll talk more about shortly. So let's discuss anti-streptococcal antibody titers. Anti-streptococcal antibodies, or ASO antibodies, are antibodies against the streptococcus bacteria. They indicate a recent streptococcal infection and can be helpful in supporting a diagnosis of rheumatic fever. After an acute infection, the levels usually rise over 2 to 4 weeks, peak around 3 to 6 weeks, and then gradually fall over 3 to 12 months. ASO levels are usually repeated after 2 weeks to confirm a negative test or to assess whether levels are rising or falling in a positive test. And let's discuss the Jones criteria for diagnosis. A diagnosis of rheumatic fever can be made where there's evidence of recent streptococcal infection plus two major criteria or one major criteria and two minor criteria. The mnemonic for the Jones criteria is Jones fear. Jones is for the major criteria and fear is for the minor criteria. So the major criteria are J for joint arthritis, O for organ involvement such as carditis, N for nodules, E for erythema marginatum rash, and S for Sydenham chorea. The minor criteria are F for fever, E for ECG changes without carditis, and typically it causes a prolonged PR interval, A for arthralgia without arthritis, and R for raised inflammatory markers, meaning ESR or CRP. Next, let's discuss the management of rheumatic fever. Treatment of streptococcal infections with antibiotics helps prevent the development of rheumatic fever in the first place. Tonsillitis caused by streptococcus should be treated with phenoxylmethylpenicillin or penicillin V for 10 days. Patients with clinical features of rheumatic fever should be referred immediately for specialist management. Management involves medications and follow-up. The medications are non-steroidal anti-inflammatories such as ibuprofen, which can be helpful for treating joint pain. Aspirin and steroids are used to treat carditis. And prophylactic antibiotics, orally or intramuscular, with penicillin, are used to prevent further streptococcal infections and recurrence of the rheumatic fever. Prophylactic antibiotics are usually continued into adulthood. They also need monitoring and management of any complications. A Tom tip for you, in a child that has previously had rheumatic fever, further exposure to the streptococcus bacteria will result in the immune system producing the antibodies that cause rheumatic fever, resulting in a recurrence of the disease. Prophylactic penicillin is used to kill any streptococcal bacteria before they're able to stimulate the immune system, and this reduces the risk of recurrent rheumatic fever. These antibiotics are given long-term even when the patient is well. Finally, the complications of rheumatic fever are recurrence of the rheumatic fever, 
valvular heart disease, notably mitral stenosis, and chronic heart failure. So thanks for listening to this episode on rheumatic fever. A big thank you to Harry Watchman, as always, for perfectly editing the podcast. I'd be really grateful for a rating or a review of the podcast on whichever podcast app you use. And also consider subscribing so that you can be notified whenever new podcast episodes come out. And I hope you join me for the next podcast episode where we're going to move on to pediatric dermatology and start with an episode on eczema.